everybody. No calls this week, so we are going to dive into some social media questions. First up from Instagram user Romero underscore tutor. What's the most underrated horror from the 90s? I feel like Megan has feels about this. Let's start with her. Ah, uh, okay. So I feel like there's a couple of ways to approach how you want to interpret underrated, right? So if you're going literally underrated, movies that were not rated well, then I'm definitely going to vouch for Demon Knight because that yes. was <laughs> utterly destroyed uh, at the box office. Commercially, critically, everybody hated it. So that one for sure. Um, but if we're going more like on an obscure type situation there's probably a few um like underseen and underrated so stuff like hardware uh oh my god yes yeah was that the one with the killer robot yes i remember that i just saw that one recently i think on like peacock or something yeah uh or cemetery man i would like that to yes. be yeah, I could probably go on a while for like obscure underseen, but I think that that I'm set for now. I think that's a good start. Well, at least say Demon Knight for the win. Yeah, Demon Knight always for my win. <laughs> How about you, Zena? Um, yeah, I, I kind of approach it the same way as Megan, but I guess I'll just stick with more obscure. Um, so the first thing that came to mind, the Ugly from 1997, like it's like a slasher psychological movie and it's just it's like jesus help us because he's just so good <laughs> and even though it's it's different now and it's getting love now the frighteners like i remember yeah. when it first yeah. came out it didn't really yeah. get a lot of love also um yeah there's so many there's i can, I can keep on going but I'll, I'll leave it at that that's something i i've kind of grown to really love about horror though is horror maybe more than any other genre feels more cyclical that when stuff first comes out, it might go under the radar because of whatever reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, but people find it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm just not as ingrained in other genres as much like action or something where someone comes back and is like, no, that was an amazing action movie or something like mm -hmm. equilibrium or whatever. But I feel like horror, you can all of a sudden go five, 10, 15 years down the road. And maybe it's also because of the prevalence of social media now that people are suddenly like, Hey, does anyone else remember whatever? And all of a sudden you have all these people Yay! like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. The, the little parties. Um, the one I was thinking about recently that I remember watching it and it just floored me. And I don't really remember anyone talking about it then or since really. is Stir of Echoes with oh. Kevin Bacon. I thought Stir of Echoes was really good for mm -hmm. a ghost movie. I mean, maybe because because I think it came out after the sixth sense or maybe it was, it was right before like, it was around the time it was right right because sixth sense was 99 so six yeah it must have been right like right the around the same time and yeah. i think that that might have been part of it to steal the thunder but i always thought it was kind of underrated i thought kevin bacon was really good in it mm -hmm. like, it was just surprisingly entertaining that in dark city Dark City never gets enough love from me. Dark City's amazing. The Matrix stole that thunder. I think it's also harder <laughs> to define because it's like it's not quite horror. It's more like sci-fi noir. So it falls. Yeah. It kind of slips through some cracks of genre boundaries there. Yeah. And I'm a big sucker for anything that is able to incorporate noir into it. That and that 
without it just seeming like um some strange like 1920s detective ripoff or something like if you can actually just kind of get that darkness in there hence dark city okay question two from instagram user streben 75 for xena and john evidently <laughs> what do you think about youtube parentheses alter not sure what that is mini horror shorts um not familiar with alter if that's particularly a channel I have never hidden my personal love for short horror, uh, especially like any fan-made horror, anything like that. Some of these horror shorts, like obviously with what Lights Out turned into mm-hmm. as is great. Like the punch you can put into three minutes of horror is amazing because it's just pure tension and then just payoff. Um, what's the one from Crypt TV? It was like the Tree God or something. There was this one, it was almost this just amazing Guillermo del Toro-esque. I know what you're uh, talking about. I don't remember the name. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah, just beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, yeah, I love it. Like more, more of it. <laughs> like if 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 that's gonna be more like interstitials and bloody disgusting TV, I am happier for it. I'm right there with you. I love it. I feel like it is just such a great platform for horror filmmakers or people who just want to create like something short and scary. And, you know, the ones that I've watched, I feel like they've been great. And I feel like it's really addicting. Like you can't just watch one. At least that's what that's how I get sucked in, you know. So especially if it's just kind of like say if you don't really want to watch anything on Tubi or Netflix and you want to watch something short sweet straight to the point I highly recommend it and if you ever need some recommendations you know some of my favorites I'll just give you one just a little taste there's this one called Kissed (laughs) and it's about uh, this guy working in a mortuary it came out last summer and um, yeah he's supposed to like touch up this body but then he gets a little bit obsessive and you know (laughs) you can only imagine what happens from there but even though it's like you kind of know but even the way that it's presented, like the way that it's filmed and kind of like what you said, John, the tension, like the way they build it up, it's just, it's really awesome. And I've talked about before, that's why I, as much as I'm not a huge Slenderman fan, that's why I love Marble Hornet so much. Is it's, I mean, the videos, I don't think any of them were longer than six or seven minutes. Mm-hmm. So it was just really understanding that medium of YouTube. And understanding the viewership and you don't necessarily want to sit down and watch a half hour on YouTube. Like you right. want these little bits and pieces of, Ooh, what's next? Ooh, what's next? Ooh, what's next? So yeah. On that note, welcome to the bloody disgusting podcast. Everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know, her as lead movie critic for bloody disgusting horror movie fanatic and journalist, Megan Navarro. Hey Megan. Hi. And you know her from a YouTube channel and website, real queen of horror and her infinite love for the genre. Zena Dixon. Hey Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So Zeno, what's been filling your heart this week? Well, I smiled because I was reminded why I no longer work in retail. Because I checked out (laughs) Black Friday. (laughs) Just came out this year on Apple TV, and it follows a group of toy employees who must protect each other from a horde of parasite infected shoppers so the best way to describe this in my opinion it kind of reminded me of cooties but it also kind of reminded me of krampus so if you like those Mm. movies in that kind of mix you may enjoy this one 
And I feel like it's similar to Dawn of the Dead. Um, it showcases the dark side of capitalism. So yeah, um, I worked in retail for a couple of years and it almost ruined my life until one day I was just like, I no longer want to be tortured like this, but this movie nailed it completely from the type of people who work at the stores to the customers. Like, don't get me wrong. It was a little bit extreme, obviously with the right. alien goo, <laughs> just the alien goo, but everything else I've seen it. And I remember the last time I worked Black Friday, I knew it was going to be the last time, literally. And uh, yeah, I have stories for days. People are sometimes animals. Anyway, um, but yeah, I love the fact that this movie doesn't take itself so seriously. I really enjoyed it. it. It was, again, relatable to me, especially if you're someone who worked in retail as well. You may understand, like, just the feels. It's fun, it's gory, and it's hilarious. And I like also with the characters that we really get um, a great sense of the characters. And it's not anything <laughs> like we haven't seen before, but seriously, I really do feel like there were people, there were characters, there are characters that I've seen in real life that I've worked with personally. You know, you have that overachiever, you're breaking the rules. And it's just like, Margaret, you're not the manager, you know, so, but she always wants to tell you what to do, but whatever. Did, but did yeah, you, um, did you have a Bruce Campbell boss? Yes, I did actually. And I won't okay. say her name because um, sometimes I feel- <laughs> Is she listening? No, and it's like she could be, because weird thing is, um, you know, sometimes people don't, they don't vibe with you, right? But they still want to know what you're doing, right? And I remember when I did leave the uh, that job that I was working at, um, she was trying to talk me out of it, you know? And it's just like, are you sure you wanna leave? Because your assistant manager, Three more months, you could be... Okay, I'm going down a rabbit hole. So the point is, is that she, there was a similar character. There was a similar um, boss like that. But yeah, I just feel like, again, just the humor it is based on like working retail, even hospitality. You know, I, I definitely see that as well. And I like the fact that this movie is about survival. Not just about surviving those creatures or aliens, but the customers and the people you work with. The gore, the creature design, it's, it's practical, but I feel like it's effective. And, you know, I don't know. I kind of feel like we need more movies with goo. And I feel like I told you guys that before. Like, it's just something about it, you know? Nina loves the goo. I do. So, yeah, if you are looking for something that's holiday-ish and uh, will make you laugh and doesn't take itself too seriously, I recommend this movie. I had fun with it. Then the other thing I checked out, um, The Kiss from 1988, on DVD, but it is also on YouTube for free. So just in case if you're curious, after the death of her mother, a teenage girl is faced with bizarre supernatural occurrences when her mother's estranged sister arrives and begins to infiltrate her and her father's lives. So this is very much like a slow burn, especially for like a horror movie. It does take some time for things to get started, but it has my favorite things. There's witchcraft. There's a fabulous aunt. There's ancient like African parasite that's kind of a curse, an alien-like cat creature of the night. There's a creepy mannequin <laughs> with live organs that's dripping everywhere. Nice. And just a lot of like supernatural things. Yeah. So, but yeah, surprisingly, um, there are a lot of pretty gruesome scenes that I did not expect. Like someone, and you know, guys, this movie is old, so I'm not saying who, but someone actually gets like their their neck and part of their face like deeply cut because their ne like their necklace gets caught in an escalator 
Oh. You know? Yeah. And oh. so there's that. There's another person um, who gets boiled alive. You know? <laughs> so it was just like, whoa. You don't see that in horror movies that much anymore. People aren't getting boiled alive. We need to see more of it. So More, more but, goo and more emulation. Yeah. But no, it's it's just really cool because even though this is an older movie, um, they really do know how to build up the tension and like the way it was shot, it looked painful. So, but yeah, I was actually looking for something similar like Wes Craven's Summer of Fear. And even though this one isn't that, I still like enjoyed it. And just the last thing, and hopefully this convinces you to like check it out. So there's a girl who's just like fed up with her aunt, okay? Her aunt is like... She came in trying to like take over their lives and making them eat healthy stuff. She was just yelling and having a breakdown that she didn't want to eat healthy food anymore. She wanted a Diet Coke and she wanted Fritos. Minus the Fritos, I totally understand. So, <laughs> <laughs> Not Fritos. What, what would be, do you have a chip equivalent? I mean, I really, I don't know what it is with me when it comes to grapes. But, you know, but grapes <laughs> are a good snack, you know. But who eats grapes and soda? I don't know. I do. I like that it's like... A monster. I know. You, you don't have much of a junk food palate, do you? I mean, chocolate's okay, but I feel like that's more of a treat treat, you know? But like, so is Fritos. Like, what is a treat treat? What is know, your junk because food? Fritos, like, after you eat it, like, your breath, and it, it never goes away. You can brush your teeth. You can use mouthwash. It's still there. So still. what I'm getting out of this is that you are a very healthy eater, and you would definitely team up with Auntie. I don't feel like I'm a healthy eater. I just told you. I'm... Grapes. I asked for a snack and you tell me grapes. Grapes. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. You put me on the spot, Megan. Well, can... Sometimes you like I Doritos? like some celery and carrot sticks. <laughs> I know. I want a Diet Coke and celery. No. <laughs> come on. You can have anything you want in the world and she wanted to eat Fritos. Okay, but what would you have? I'm putting you on the spot. Do you like Doritos? Do you okay. like... Um, Sour cream and onion lays. Okay, like a Pringles. chip. Yes. Kettle chips. Oh well, pretzels are pretty good. They're a good time. <laughs> That's still healthy. That's still healthy. <laughs> no, You're... it's not because you can get pretzel sticks and you can. You can, make, <laughs> you can just bite them. As soon as it goes into stick form, the nutrition is right out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so clearly Zena's the healthiest eater of the bunch here. We might have yeah. to watch okay. out for her. <laughs> if you guys say so, like, I don't know, but all right. Well, yeah, that's, so that's what I checked out. <laughs> so Megan, what did you eat? Uh, <laughs> not pretzels or grapes. I, I mean, I wouldn't be asking for Fritos, but I would definitely be like, give me the, give me the Doritos. Mm. I like Doritos. Doritos uh, okay. They're okay. See, it's not a chip gal. That's okay. There are no pretzels. Yeah, there are no pretzels. There's no fat-free pretzels. Um, I watched The Caller. Uh, this was a blind buy from Vinegar Syndrome, but it is available on Tubi. Uh, it was released in 1987 because there are a ton of movies, I think, called The Call or The Caller. Um, the plot, one night a stranger shows up asking a woman living alone in an isolated cabin in the woods if he can use her phone. And it oh soon God. becomes clear that there's, like, they start playing mind games with each other. It starts off seeming like he's a creep that's going to kill her, but there's something off about her, too. Um, but then the more they get to know each other, the stranger things get. And it starts, like, 
well, it doesn't start like for for most of it, it seems like this psychological thriller of this cat and mouse game where you're not sure which one's the cat and which one's the mouse. It just goes back and forth, back and forth. And then it gets to the most bonkers finale I could have ever I there's no way I would have predicted this ever, ever in a million years. It just goes off into La La Land like holy rusted metal Batman. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's just two people. It's Malcolm McDowell, who plays the caller, and I cannot remember the actress's name, but she she's credited as the girl. So the caller and the girl. And it's psychological thriller up until crazy town. So I do recommend that. It does, it is a little bit of a slow burn, but the payoff is so insane. I cannot even just, I, I mean, I can't even hint at it. One, I don't want to spoil it, but two... You just need to have that rug pulled out from under you because what the heck? I I just <laughs> could not get over how much of a left turn this took. And, you know, I was kind of riding this wavelength, you know, it's kind of scare me in a way. Like the, the movie that came out last year, it's just this really fun play between two people. That's That's the vibe for much of it. And you can't tell which one's the crazy or both of them. They might be crazy. And yeah, who, who pitched this? How did this work? Um, so yeah, I recommend that. And then I watched elves. It, I think it might've just dropped this week, this weekend on Netflix. It is Hmm. a six episode series. Uh, and it is a Christmas vacation that turns into a nightmare for a teenager and her family when they discover an ancient menace stocks, their island getaway. They, I don't know why or how, but this family decides to have a a Christmas holiday on this remote island that nobody goes to (laughs) and the locals are hostile and they ignore the advice right away to stick to the coastal road and drive through the middle of the woodlands uh, and hit something. Well, that something turns out to be a baby woodland elf. And this but it team. Looks so cute. It is. It is so cute. But the grown-up versions are not cute. They're pretty. No. They're pretty awful. They're pretty hideous. <laughs> it's weird because this. This is uh, a Scandinavian six-episode series. It's so bingeable because each episode is like twenty to twenty-five minutes. So six episodes. It's basically the equivalent of a little bit overstuffed feature film. Um. So I think. This kind of taps into the same type of horror as, like, The Hollow. And I do think if you're comparing the two of them, then The Hollow is does it way better. But uh, I think this was ultimately kind of geared towards teens anyways. It's it's Christmassy a little bit. Um, it's got a teen lead who makes the mistakes and gets everybody into this mess. Most of the, the kills and, like, horror parts. Because um, these things are violent. They're violent, mean elves uh a lot of that happens off screen there's a little bit of gore like there's a decapitated head but i i think for the most part like this is aimed for a younger younger viewers so it's like it's fun if you want something that goes a little bit more horror then check out the hollow if not this is definitely like some fun yuletide horror so yeah cool nice yeah i don't i don't think i've even heard of elves but i've think I've turned on Netflix for a few days. Now, now that we're getting into that time when I might start asking for recommendations, particularly holiday horror, <laughs> I might have to. But not this week, because it's not December yet. 
<laughs> it's about to be, though. I still have a couple more days, even though people are listening to this on December 1st or later. Mm-hmm. So I had a crazy week. I barely sat down to watch anything at all, so I kind of had to shoehorn in a couple of things. Uh, one I actually watched a couple of weeks ago. I just didn't talk about it. On that first one is 2005's Cry Wolf on HBO. Eight unsuspecting high school seniors at a posh boarding school who delight themselves on playing games of lies come face to face with terror and learn that nobody believes a liar, even when they're telling the truth which is actually one of the better synopsises I've heard from IMDb. <laughs> Normally they're not the best. I totally forgot Cry Wolf existed. I think I saw it back in 2005, and then it just totally flew off my radar until it popped up on HBO. And I was like, oh, sure, I'll give it a shot. It's... <laughs> I don't have a good way to describe it. Like, I like it for weird reasons. I think at this point I've made it known that I have a heavy or a a heavy level of nostalgia that impacts what I like in horror movies. So the idea of like a chain letter going around, which is kind of the premise of spreading kind of the catalyst for all the events in this, I miss there was something so strange about just getting a chain letter about some rumor, whatever. Now it's all social media. Now it's like Momo and crap like that that are getting spread around. But there's something just so weird about just this random email. It wasn't some celebrity tweeting it or retweeting it or whatever. It's just some email address. And you're like, how did you even get my email? Uh, so the concept of this this rumor of this killer on campus being spread out through to this group of friends who are all largely horrible uh, to one level or another, which is actually back-to-back weeks where I've watched uh, boarding school movies that involved horrible people, which is also outside my wheelhouse. I don't know what's going on with me lately. Uh, but there's something. there was something charming about it because it does have an interesting twist in it that's unexpected. It's got a little John Bon Jovi for everyone out there who just needs their John Bon Jovi action. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, definitely a criteria that some people might have. I don't know. True. It, it's there. It exists. It's that. They have that or they have U571. They have like two options. I don't know anything else that John Bon Jovi's been in. The Vampire's sequel. Oh, he was in the Vampire Los Muertos yeah. or whatever it was. That's right. I forgot he was in that. Um, But it, just it, kind of a, just a charming, simple. It almost has like a 90s feel, kind of an Urban Legends-esque type maybe because it's on a boarding school campus and nobody's really likable nobody's really believing anybody of what's going on i think that i i like the twist in this one a little bit more um but yeah i don't know it's just kind of good it was just kind of good background getting some stuff done at work and some other stuff like all right i'll throw this on don't really have to pay attention Maybe it's better if you don't during some parts, but entertaining nonetheless. And maybe, maybe underrated. Maybe this is one of those I'll watch again in a couple years and be like, Cry Wolf didn't get enough credit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. Uh, and then I just went full crazy and watched Prisoners of the Ghost Land, uh, starring Nicolas Cage on AMC+. A notorious criminal must break an evil... Cur- See, I don't even understand what this 
<laughs> Thanks, IMDb. All right. A notorious criminal must break an evil curse. There's no in order curse. To rescue... I don't know what the curse is. There is no curse. I don't curse. understand either. <laughs> I think th- I think that somebody watched it and they misinterpreted what they were seeing with the pr- the quote unquote prisoners. Anyway, okay, I'm not even doing it. Nicholas Cage pay- plays a-, a criminal, this notorious criminal, evidently, in what's essentially a post apocalyptic portion of Japan. There's been some horrible nuclear accident. And this section of Japan has basically been been quarantined and has gone all Mad Max, like Mad Max Thunderdome style. And insanely surreal. The gist of it is, is that this town is ruled by who I didn't realize was Bill Mosley until the end. Uh, This man who's deemed himself the governor and he has a harem of sex slaves he calls his granddaughters. And one of them or three of them run away and he wants to get the one back one of the three back and Nicholas Cage being a recently uh, imprisoned bank robber straps him into a leather suit with plastic explosives on his neck on each arm and its testicles <laughs> to which I believe Nicholas Cage's response in the movie is, are you kidding me? <laughs> which I think all the people watching said the same thing. And he has to go off and find this missing granddaughter. And it, Nicolas Cage keeps amazing me as to how weird his movies can keep getting. <laughs> like, it, this one is so bizarre. I have not seen anything, I don't think, by this director, but it's Sion Sono. Yeah. Right? I don't think I've seen anything from this director before. Have either of you, you two have seen far more Japanese horror than I have. Yeah, we've talked about some. Um, <laughs> recently, I talked about Tag. Uh, I think Zane has talked yeah, about right. XD yeah. before. <laughs> so, yeah, if you think that this is weird, yeah, then you're, this is probably his most straightforward and, and widely accessible <laughs> yet. Whoa, because it's weird. It's weird, like it, it 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 felt like it had some pretty heavy like Blade Runner vibes to me. Um, in some of the imagery. There's some like mannequin imagery. There's uh this character called Ratman imagery, like th- certain aspects. It felt influenced by Ridley Scott to me. Uh it's very, very strange. It's got some full Nicolas Cage moments where <laughs> He just delivers it big, just just goes goes for it. And yes, some of the explosion or explosives on his body do go off. Spoilers, but which ones? You gotta watch and find for yourself. Really, really weird. Once I started it, I actually had to finish it because I'm like, there have been plenty of movies that I've watched where, you know, I got to a certain point and said, nah, I'm fine. Streaming culture, I don't need to watch this whole thing. I needed to watch this. It took me like three days oh. to get through the whole thing. Well, I was, I was busy and yeah. I wanted to watch it. That's I fair. didn't just want background because I, I also did not understand <laughs> a lot of what was going on. I used a little bit of Wikipedia to help me out with some of it. <laughs> very, very strange. but And at the same time, totally on that career arc that he's been in recently, probably since even Drive Angry. To, you know, between and Mandy and uh, um, 
Uh, what was the Five Nights at Freddy one I just watched? W- Willy's Wonderland w- or Wally's? Willy's Wonderland. I'm gonna call it Wally so bad. I know. I think I... it's Willy's though. Yeah, Willy's Wonderland. Uh, just very bizarre, but it got me to watch it. It was Nicolas Cage talking about it was the weirdest movie he'd ever been in. Like that's just good PR for me. Like yeah, I gotta check that out. <laughs> that's what Nicolas Cage is saying. Yeah, of course. what does he say is the weirdest? Because he's been in some yeah. weird ones. Yeah, he's been in some weird ones. Uh. Very strange, kind of along the lines of if anyone remembers like Six String Samurai, kind of just kind of this weird post-apocalyptic type setting that you're not quite understanding the protagonist's motivations or the antagonist's motivations, but you're just kind of along for the ride. Uh, So yeah, Prisoners of the Ghost Land, not super high recommends from my, my two horror movies this week. Worth a watch though. So, yeah. Okay, what do we watch and how do we watch it? I checked out Black Friday on Apple TV and I watched The Kiss on DVD, but it is also available on YouTube for free. <laughs> free. Yeah. Uh, I watched The Collar on Blu-ray, but it is available on Tubi for free. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, and then I also watched Elves on Netflix. And I watched Cry Wolf on HBO and Prisoners of the Ghostland on AMC, neither of which were free because I had to pay for streaming. Yeah. Oh, and I'm really excited. I I bought my very first Vinegar, Vinegar Syndrome DVD. Whoa. I'd never even heard of them until Megan started talking about Vinegar Syndrome. And I saw their Black Friday sale. And I'm not going to say which one it is because I can't wait for it to arrive and I'm going to watch it. It's a movie I never knew existed. That could be a lot of movies on Vinegar Syndrome. They are good for the deep cuts. With a very well-known actor. And I saw a scene from this movie that is implicitly not a horror scene. And just that scene, I was like, well, this isn't a horror movie. And then I found out it was a horror movie. And now I had to watch it. I know. My clues aren't helping at all. What are you even talking? Yeah. Is it... can, can we get more hints? Is that it? I feel like any hint I, any real hint I give is going to give it away. Did you get from what I know about the movie? No, <laughs> but I'm also trying to go super blind into this. Okay. Cause I only know bits and pieces. I saw some imagery from the movie and I've seen one scene I am and I have no idea curious. how those two things God, could I'm possibly scared. link together. <laughs> Are you scared? It's amazing. So, I can't wait to tell, talk about that next week. Ooh, so it's already shipped? Yes. Oh. Can't wait. Awesome. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Well, Thanksgiving happened, and that meant a lot of people took off for the holiday. Understandably so. Which means that there's not a whole lot of big, wow, franchise news this week, but we still got stuff. Uh, specifically, if you feel like having a good time, Bloody Disgusting is hosting this game's 
called Murder Twitter watch party on Friday. Uh, Blood is thicker than water. Hellboy's Ron Perlman joins Species star Natasha Henstridge in a game with no rules and no winners. Uh, we are hosting, or Bloody Disgusting, I should say. We? That's us. Um, they're hosting, Bloody Disgusting is hosting a Twitter watch-along party for Cranked Up Films' new wild and crazy dark comedy, This Game's Called Murder, which follows the eccentric members of the Wallendorf family and chaos that erupts from within. Uh, the film's plot, it star, uh, it's about Mr. Wallendorf, a fashion mogul and designer of iconic red high-heeled shoes. Mrs. Wallendorf, his conniving, brutal wife, and Jennifer Wallendorf, their daughter and social media powerhouse who's just trying to figure out love, friendship, and world dominance. The eccentric Wallendorf struggle to maintain the facade of a prominent, successful family while their violent nature rips them apart. So it's going to get a little bloody. Which is perfect, because Bloody Disgusting is hosting a watch party. Uh, the movie releases December 3rd, and so on Friday, December 3rd, at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, with director Adam Sherman and several actors participating, we will be hosting. Um, so if you don't know what a Twitter watch party is, it's basically you get on Twitter, you follow along uh, at Be Disgusting or, and or the hashtag this game's called murder so you just tweet your reactions comments questions for the cast and crew uh using that hashtag right after hitting play on your rental and or purchase of the movie and yeah it's basically a social media party yeah yeah (laughs) so uh and this is also this bit is a me type of news but I'm celebrating, so you'll have to deal with it. Um, <laughs> We're here for you. You're here for it. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. So if you uh, go to Scream Factory's social, or even their page, Scream Factory's page, their social medias, they've just announced a whole bunch of releases that they are working on and that's uh, currently up for pre-order to be released in the next few months. Uh, and one of the most highly anticipated and... Uh, long demanded titles is finally crawling out of the sewers and onto a 4k ultra hd release and that is alligator um but they're not just releasing alligator that's the one that i primarily care about um but they're also doing the sequel alligator 2 the mutation that will be coming to blu-ray so to recap double dose of alligator terror is on its way from scream factory with the company they're releasing a 1980s creature feature alligator on 4k Ultra HD and 1991's uh, sequel, Alligator 2 The Mutation, is coming to Blu ray. Both will be hitting on February 22nd. So, uh, I really have you seen Alligator? I have, but I didn't even know there was a sequel. What? Yeah, these are like hard to come by until now. They have been so hard to find. People have been asking them to be put on physical release forever. Uh, if you want more details, uh, Scream Factory teased that the 4K release of Cujo director Louis Teague's Alligator, it is going to be a three-disc set. Um, it will include Blu-ray, both featuring the theatrical cut of the film and an additional Blu-ray disc featuring the rare television version of the feature with alternate scenes. So, um, obviously, Scream Factory is known for a whole bunch of special features, which will be 
released uh, sometime or announced sometime soon. So an alligator, a baby alligator is flushed down a Chicago toilet and survives by eating discarded lab rats injected with growth hormones. The small reptile grows gigantic, escapes the city sewers and goes on a rampage. And it is the best ever. I love this movie so much. <laughs> um Alligator 2, the mutation, deep in the sewers beneath the city of Regent Park, another baby alligator feeds on experimental animals discarded by Future Chemicals Corp. Nourished by the toxic growth hormones and other mutating chemicals, the gator grows immense in size, develops a voracious appetite, and goes out on a killing spree. No one believes the sightings until a large number of people are killed and the police eventually embark on a search-and-destroy mission to stop the alligator's murderous rampage. So, you know, don't flush your baby gators. They may find growth John. hormone. Yeah, it's, just, it, it's, it's literally the urban legend made into a horror movie. Um, I keep awesome. them in a small glass next to my bed, right next to my teeth. Right next to your teeth, yes, <laughs> naturally. That's where they should be, uh, right next to your yeah. bed, next to your teeth. Um, but yeah, yeah, the first one has Robert Forrester and uh, some surprising <laughs> deaths in there that I kind of live for because they're so ballsy, which I'm not going to spoil. But yeah, I love it. I'm so pumped. Um, that's not the only two things that they're releasing. It's it's just the one that appeals to me the most. So I'm sharing because sharing is caring. Yay. And uh, also last week, uh, Epics released a trailer for their new horror mystery box series from. It's a very interesting title. In the wake of A24 Saint Maud, Epics has started to become a little they're they're developing a home for horror. They're really going all in. So they had Stephen King based Chapel Wait. That was an eight episode uh series that started early really a couple of months ago, or maybe early late summer. And then they announced an eight film collaboration with Blumhouse. And uh yeah, so they're really starting to pad out their horror content. And up next is From, created by John Griffin. And that will be uh, 10 episodes on the way, premiering Sunday, February 20th, 2022. And the official trailer really makes it seem kind of lost meets M. Night Shyamalan in a way. Mm -hmm. The series unravels the mystery of a nightmarish town in middle America that traps all those who enter. As the unwilling residents fight to keep a sense of normalcy and search for a way out, they must also survive the threats of the surrounding forest, including the terrifying creatures that come out when the sun goes down. Uh, created and executive produced by John Griffin, directed and executive produced by Jack Bender, who is known for Lost, Game of Thrones, and Mr. Mercedes. Uh, an executive produced by showrunner Jeff Pinkner, who did Fringe, Lost, Alias, and uh, the cast will be led by Lost's Harold Perrineau. So it is very mystery box. Uh, mm. I don't know if either of you saw the the trailer. Yes. So I think I just saw cover art or imagery. It's it's really it does have that mystery vibe to it, but with an emphasis on horror. I mean, you've got this family who's in a Winnebago going vacation on vacation. They they happen into this little small town, find uh the town residents in some like cemetery looking place, and they direct them back onto the main road. They start going. And find themselves in a loop. They just keep getting back into this mm -hmm. town. Ugh. It's like deja vu over and over and over until a car crash. And yeah, there's there's some kind of creaturey stuff that's hinted at too in this trailer. Um, so yeah, if it's like vampires or I don't know. I won't spoil the thing, but it's just 
I, it just yeah, looks awesome. It, it does look, I, I'm a sucker for a mystery of like, what is happening? You've, you've mm-hmm. lured me in because I have no idea what's happening or what to expect. Um, but yeah, if you are not in the U.S. and do not have epics, um, the series will be distributed by Netflix outside of the U.S. So cool. look for this in February. Nice. All right, listeners, your turn. Like it when eccentric rich people off each other? Do you also support Megan's love of alligators? Let's hear about it. Number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email speeddisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Quick note, if you do leave us a message and we don't get to it after a few weeks, it's probably because it's one we've already addressed on a previous episode. Feel free to email us to follow up, though, and we'd be happy to chat about it. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier and the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Well, we have a very light week. Uh, so, Tuesday, the 30th, we have James Wan's Malignant. It will be available on DVD. So, if you enjoy the movie, guess what? You can own it now. Yeah. Dear then... Santa, I need a headache for Christmas. then also on tuesday we have a24's psychological horror saint maude it will also be available on dvd this movie like whoa that's how it made me feel you ever watch something where you're just like what's happening but you just can't stop watching that was john yeah i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) i don't think there are similar movies but yeah no they're not but john understands (laughs) this feeling (laughs) okay but basically, uh, there's a new hospice nurse, and she becomes obsessed with saving her dying patient's soul. But sinister forces and her own sinful past threaten to put an end to her holy calling. And then on Friday the 3rd, we have Silent Night. It will be available on VOD. Nell, Simon, and their son Art are ready to welcome friends and family for, prom- for what promises to be a perfect Christmas gathering. Perfect, except one thing. Everyone is going to die. So <laughs> that's going to be available. It's and good, also, but it's so dark. Just, yeah. It looks like Ooh. it's going to be dark based on the poster. Like, I it's, knew it. It's like, it's good, and it's really funny, and darkly funny, and then also bleak. It's Ooh. it's it's a good, but not feel good holiday oh, horror. No. Hmm. Okay. And then also, just in case if you missed it, uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. It's available in theaters. And Elves! Because I didn't say it last week or whenever. <laughs> Don't fire me. It'll be available. It's available on Netflix. It's a Maybe TV show. It. It's a TV show, only about twenty minutes long. So you know, treat yourself. <laughs> and last, and certainly not least, Bloody Disgusting TV is available for you, and so is Screenbox. Speaking of treating yourself. And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on patreon.com slash BDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. <laughs> <laughs>